live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and a happy belated Merry Christmas and an early Happy New Year to you and yours on this Tuesday, December 27th, the year 2022. I hope everyone just had a wonderful time with your family, with your loved ones, uh, wherever they may be, wherever you were. I hope it was just terrific. I was blessed. Mine was great. Um, Man, we just had so much fun. Um, Ate way too much, laughed so much more, and just had a wonderful time. And uh, it was great. Great to have a couple of days to spend with family. And now we are back as we wrap up the year 2022, get ready to head into 2023. Uh, My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite. Sitting in the producer's chair as he spins the tune and pushes all the buttons. It's right there on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you want to match a face to the voice, you can because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, the LSU Tigers have de- are departing as we speak, heading to Orlando, six days ahead of facing Purdue in the January 2nd Citrus Bowl. They're leaving early so they can enjoy the fruits of their labor. Uh, They've put in all the game plan already. They've already had their game week routine. They'll duplicate it at the bowl site. In other words, the hay's in the bar. Now it's just time to have some fun, get the right attitude, (coughs) excuse me, and uh, be ready to play, which would be good. I hope LSU men's basketball team is ready to play because they are going to step up in competition against a very good ninth-ranked, or is it eighth-ranked, eighth-ranked Arkansas team uh, tomorrow night in Peach Palace. It's an 8 o'clock tip. Tigers are off to an 11-1 record. Uh, But now they are, again, stepping up in the competition. Tigers have an 82 in net rankings. And uh, in the next few weeks, five of their first seven SEC opponents are currently ranked in the AP top 25. Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee's number seven, Alabama's number eight, Arkansas's number nine. So it's about to ramp up and get tough. Meanwhile, the LSU Lady Tigers, um, fresh off of some dominating wins in Maui, have moved up to number nine in this week's AP poll. They had a week off for uh, the Christmas break, uh, but they're back on the court today and they're getting ready for the start of SEC play on Thursday. As the men host Arkansas, Kim Mulkey's Tigers will travel to Fayetteville to take on the Razorbacks. Arkansas is number 24 in the country. 
Tip-off for that Thursday game is at 6 p.m. Then on Sunday, January 1st, LSU will tip off the new year at 2 o'clock in the PMAC <coughs> as they host Vanderbilt. Pardon me, I just can't seem to get rid of this darn cough for some crazy, crazy reason. You heard in the two-minute drill uh, the loss of a former LSU Tiger by the name of Willie Sims. Um, Willie and I were teammates. Um, I came in uh, <clears throat> my, my sophomore year. Uh, Willie came in as a freshman. Uh, Willie was from Brooklyn, New York, um, of Jewish descent. Uh, one of the nicest guys had had a body that was chiseled out of granite, about six three, uh, two fifteen. Just very athletic. Could run. Could jump. Uh, very physical player. Uh, such a good, good guy. Um, he ended his career at LSU. He went overseas. Uh, met the love of his life, and uh, stayed. In Israel, uh, played basketball, did a bunch of things. Never looked like he aged a minute. <coughs> Excuse me, um, and became such a va- was such a valuable member of um, those LSU basketball teams from '78 and '79, '80, '81. It was uh, it was really the golden era of LSU basketball. Year after year after year, ranked in the top five in the country. Uh, winning SEC championships, winning the only SEC basketball tournament in LSU basketball history, going to NCAA tournaments, Elite Eights, uh, Final Fours. It, it was a it was a great time, and Willie played a very important role in that. And um, God bless you, Willie. Rest in peace, my friend. Rest in peace. Pelicans got a win last night without Zion, without Brandon Ingram, without Herb Jones, without Trey Murphy. My goodness gracious, they were just, um, who were they? Who were they? Well, they were good enough to win their third straight. Najee Marshall was was ter- best game he's ever had as a Pelican. 22 points, six rebounds, four assists, a block. Um, Jackson Hayes has been resurrected as a Phoenix in 31 minutes. He had 15 points, nine rebounds, two assists, three blocks. Steady as they come, Jonas Valanciunas with 20 points, 12 rebounds. He's a double-double. And despite the fact that C.J. McCollum only shot 35% and Jose Alvarado shot 27%, the Pelicans get a win. They get another win. They beat the Indiana Pacers last night uh, in rather terrific fashion, 113-93. to And now the Pels, who will play the Minnesota Timberwolves um, on Wednesday, (coughs) excuse me, on Wednesday um, in the Smoothie King Center. They'll try and make it four wins in a row. And right now they're just a game, uh, half a game out of first place in the Western Conference. So they're still rolling. Pels are now 21-12, and 12, a half a game behind Denver, a half a game ahead of Memphis, two games ahead of the Clippers, two and a half ahead of Phoenix, three head ahead of Sacramento. So they're having a great start to their season at 21-12. and 12. We'll talk with Ali Cassell in just a minute um, about the Pels. Glenn West of uh, Go247 Sports will join us, and we'll talk 
about LSU and their bowl preparations. We'll talk LSU basketball as they anticipate Arkansas coming to town. Bob Rose will join us in hour number two. <coughs> Excuse me for the black and gold report. Saints get a win. They had gum Tampa Bay. Gee whiz, Arizona. Can you just do something, anything? Tampa Bay wins it. And so the Saints chances uh, dwindling, dwindling, dwindling as we speak. Um, but they're still there. Defense is uh, relatively Relatively good. Andy Dalton's done a solid job taking care of the ball over the last month. Taysom Hill got involved. Saints have the Eagles coming up this weekend. We don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play or not. And then they will host the Carolina Panthers for the season conclusion. If Tampa Bay wins another game, well, the Saints are just playing out the string because they've got no shot after that. Um, So... And for Tampa Bay, they are right on schedule. They got the win that they needed, and they are in position with one more win to clinch up the division. Uh, Can they get it done? Well, who knows, right? Who knows this year? Who knows? But um, we shall see. So we'll talk all about the NFL as well. Um, But... Christmas Day was all about the NBA. We've got uh, a bowl game going on as we speak. And um, that involves Georgia Southern and Buffalo. Georgia Southern and Buffalo. Right now, in the fourth quarter, it is uh, Buffalo 23, Georgia Southern 14. Later on today, uh, Utah State and Memphis Uh, East Carolina and Coastal Carolina. And then the nightcap tonight, man, 9 o'clock, 9.15 start uh, with the best game of the day in all likelihood, Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. So there you go. Saturday, of course, will be the final four um, with Michigan, a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over TCU, Georgia, six-and-a-half-point favorite over Ohio State. LSU still on Monday, still a 14 and a half point favorite over Purdue. And the Tulane Green Waves play the same day as LSU, the same time in the Cotton Bowl. And USC is a one and a half point favorite over the Green Wave, just one and a half. So <clears throat> expect the Cotton Bowl to be to be pretty darn good in Jerry's world. Yes, indeed. Um, NBA fans. Uh, we've got uh, we've got stuff for you, man, because DraftKings Sportsbook is the go-to when betting on the NBA this holiday season. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving Louisiana NBA fans a special gift. For a limited time, you can get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Everyone can earn a no-sweat bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. You place an eligible bet of your choice on a New Orleans game. If it doesn't hit, <coughs> you get your money back in a free bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can sign up with promo code 1037GAME and get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. So the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in today to receive this limited-time offer. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only. Max reward limits apply. One free bet issued based on the amount of initial losing bet. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com. 
com slash basketball terms. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Pels on a roll. We talk about it when we return to the Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. 33 games into the 82-game regular season. And the New Orleans Pelicans stand at 21-12. and 12, Just a half a game out of first in the Western Conference, trailing only the Denver Nuggets. <clears throat> Thanks to their 113-93 win last night over the Indiana Pacers without Zion, without Brandon Ingram, without Trey Murphy, without Herb Jones, without, my goodness, Ali Cassell, what are we seeing here from the Bird Rights, from at the Bird Rights, our good friend. Uh, hope you had a great Christmas. Happy New Year early. How about them Pelicans? You're absolutely right. How about them? We got another example of just really this team's depth. It's for real that Willie Green can pretty much play all 15 guys and feel confident that they're going to do well, right? And, and last night yep. especially, Najee Marshall, career game, right? Offensively, defensively, shut down Halliburton, scored a career-high 22, knocked down four threes. He's even making assists and posing, yep. you know, doing the Showtime vibes that, you know, I remember from when I was young watching Magic Johnson. So, yep. love it. And Jackson Hayes, probably the best revelation. Yeah, well, right? okay. Hadn't Stop seen right him, there. We're wondering – Right when he's going to play, and he's had two great back-to-back games. They they wouldn't have won a couple nights ago in OKC without him, and then last night gave him another big boost. Stop right there. What's happened all of a sudden? What 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 did Willie Green see? He gets third. I, I know that they're playing without a lot of their front line players. Granted, um, four of them, as a matter of fact. Man, keep playing this guy, and if you if he's not in your rotation, he's certainly adding value to a trade possibility but the fans love him what do you do with this guy when everybody else gets healthy i don't know and it's not just going to be him jordy because suddenly think if everybody's back Devontae's not going to probably see minutes Najee's even going to get squeezed right jose will mm-hmm. get his minutes cut trey suddenly is going to be playing 30 minutes so it's not just jackson so it, it, it's good problems to have but if you're the players yeah i mean suddenly you're going to be probably facing not playing for several games or more if you're Jackson. I, I know it was a very, very small sample size, but I love this Kyra Lewis from Alabama. Mm. His quickness, his ball handling. He looked terrific in almost 17 minutes of play last night. Jordy, I think Kyra looks faster to my eye than he did in his rookie yes. season, um, even his second season. I think the reason for it is he's just stronger. You know, he's, everybody's got to remember, he was drafted as one of the youngest players in his draft. And now I think his body's finally maturing, but that rehab work has really put on good muscle. And suddenly it's added to his strength, which is obviously his speed. So I think he's even moving more fluidly than we've ever seen. And I'm excited because there's nobody that really moves like him outside of just maybe one or two guys. I mean, it reminds you of John Wall when he was in his prime. Yes. Um, and there's several other smallish guards, but Kyra. I'll tell you what, if he can get that consistency with his jumper, he's going to be a heck of a spark plug for this team. God, his quickness is uh, – you can't you can't coach that stuff. We're talking with Ali Cassell from At the Bird Rights, Pelicans 21-12 and 12 overall. 
Uh, next up, they host the Timberwolves on Wednesday inside the Smoothie King Center. If you had told me, <coughs> excuse me, no Zion, no Brandon Ingram, no Herb Jones, no Trey Murphy, and C.J. McCollum shoots 35% from the field against a team that beat you earlier in the year, what are your chances? And I'm going, man, slim to none and slim left the building. But to your point. Yeah, and that look, and Jordy, didn't it look like that the first five minutes in? I yes. mean, the Pelicans just looked awful. Had five turnovers. Jonas Valanciunas, you know, shoots a couple threes. One came up incredibly short. The other one missed the rim long, banking off the glass. And they just looked bad, let's just face it. And suddenly for them to be able to flip that around and just dominate, right? A team that we think, you know, we saw them firsthand in, in that win. They were outstanding. Knocked down 22 yeah. threes. But Najee knocked down Tyrese Halliburton, and the whole team did a great job of running the Pacers off the three-point line. So credit to the coaching staff. They always get these guys seemingly ready and, you know, getting the most out of them because that's what it is, right? NBA is largely Mm -hmm. effort. And if you can get the best effort out of your guys more so than the opposing team, well, you're going to be in a pretty good chance to win regardless of who's out there. And I think we saw a good uh, example of that last night. Yeah, uh, Indiana, really good three-point shooting team. Just 9 of 35, 26% there. It's mm-hmm. the, the effort, the hustle thing, stats that count. 54 to 36 advantage on the glass. 30 assists on their made 41 field goals. They share because they care. That's, that's just winning basketball. I've never seen a team move the ball in New Orleans, move the ball and share, give up one shot for a better shot like I saw. That's one of the best games I've seen the Pelicans play was last night. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned the passing. I mean, Najee had, as we talked about, a couple of amazing passes. But I'll tell you what stood out. The passing and the synergy between Jackson Hayes and Jonas Valanciunas. Yep. They kept on passing the ball to one another. That led to a lot of easy scores. And I know that they played a good deal last year. But for Jackson just to come right off the bench not playing and to basically have that synergy right off the bat with Jonas was just incredible. And it's, I think it's just completely indicative of that saying where this team really is playing for each other. They're playing such unselfish brand of basketball. That's really a rarity. You just don't see that across the league. Uh, Minnesota comes to town. They're 16 and 18. Isn't Carl Anthony Towns out? Who isn't he? He's going to be missing the game, right? Gobert will be there as well as, of course, uh, uh, Anthony Edwards. He's the biggest, you know, yeah. he's the scariest factor for me uh, in terms of looking at how the Pelicans are going to try and shut him down. When will we get an update on the uh, the the walking wounded of the Pelicans? My God, because there's a litany. Well, we've got of some players. good, Georgie. We've got some good news today in practice. Willie Green basically said that they're all going to play in terms of the three that have been sick. So Zion Williamson, he's probable play, as is Trey Murphy and Dyson Daniels. Brandon Ingram, he's not ready yet, but he said he's progressing. So hopefully we'll get him back. I don't know, maybe in about a week's time. And of course, okay. Herb. He's got COVID, so we've got to wait for his symptoms and to subside and for him to pass a couple of good positive tests. Ever so quietly, ever so sneakily, the L.A. Clippers are moving up the charts. They're 20 and 15. Uh, That's a dangerous club if and when Kawhi Leonard plays and plays a lot of minutes. Um, That kind of caught me off guard. They've moved up the charts a little bit. Oh, they have because, look, the West is wide open. I mean, if you're just a few games above 500, chances are you're in the top six. Yeah. And the Clippers, you're right. If Kawhi and Paul George could just play, you know, a string of 30 games or so, they'd be very dangerous. But I'm worried that Kawhi just 
won't be able to do that until the playoffs. I mean, he's yeah. been playing one game, sitting another, just so consistently when he's been able to play. That I'm just worried that he's just not built for a regular season. So therefore, the Clippers, while they're a dangerous team, I'm not too afraid of them. I honestly think yeah. that the three that have separated themselves from the pack is the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans, and that's how they stand right now, one, two, three in the Western Conference. Uh, out in the Eastern Conference, the two hottest teams in basketball, Brooklyn, uh, whatever they've done, they've put basketball on the forefront. They've won nine in a row, and quietly, James Harden's starting to play better, and so are the 76ers. They've won eight in a row. So uh, the East is tough with Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Cleveland's still there, Philly's still there. I, I just don't see the Knicks sustaining, to be quite honest with you. But um, those five teams look like uh, – they're the cream of the crop in the East. Yeah, and they're a scarier top five than the West top five. Yeah. Uh, the Boston Celtics, we all figured they'd be re- making a run for a championship again. And sure enough, they started off like gangbusters this year. They've cooled somewhat recently, but, hey, I've got all the faith in the world and Tatum and Brown and the rest of their parts. Same right. thing with the Bucks. I mean, we saw them firsthand against the Pelicans. Giannis Ooh. is the real deal, and Brooke Lopez is as healthy as he's been in, what, three years. And combine that with Drew and Chris Milton, who's still working yep. his way back. They've got just as legitimate of a chance of winning. And, of course, you mentioned it. Brooklyn Nets, hottest team out there in the East. And when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are just playing basketball, right, none of that other extra stuff, well, right. guess what? They're, they are as good as we've all wondered for them to be, right? But we've never really seen it. So I, I love the East top four or five. They're just legitimately good. It's going to be a heck of a battle in the playoffs. I am with you. Um, Pels get their get three of their injured back. Um Minnesota missing one of their big pieces, but Rudy Gobert is always tough. Uh, Edwards is always tough. Um, but, man, I, I, it's really become a home court advantage again in New Orleans. It's really starting to rock again, and uh, these guys are playing to the crowd. I, I really like the Pels' chances in this one a lot. Oh, I do too. Minnesota is just not playing good ball, so <laughs> I, I just think that they, they should come out on top in that one, especially playing here at home, right? I think, yeah. what are they, 14-4 and four at home? And there's right. a couple of really tough losses in, in those, so they could be even better than that. And that crowd, I'll tell you what, last night's crowd, it felt like a sellout, Jordy. There's that many yep. people for a Monday game against the Pacers. You would have never seen something like that in past years. But this town, they are fully aware of what's going on with these Pels, and so they're coming out supporting it, really creating a real legitimate home crowd advantage. So Pelicans, I like their chances, even though they've got to play some tough matchups coming up. Well, you, you, you got to like them at home almost against anybody. Yep, the Pels with Najee Marshall, Jackson Hayes, Jonas Valanciunas, C.J. McCollum, and Jose Alvarado getting the start um, with great play off the bench from Devontae Graham. Larry Nance did his part. Willie Hernan Gomez did his part. Kyra Lewis. Uh, they get a win over a tough Indiana Pacer club. That's one of the better games I've seen them play. Let's see if we can keep it rolling and keep it going and get everybody healthy, and let's get a string of games where everybody's together where we can really see what this Pelicans team, heaven forbid, how good can they be? That's really the only question I've got left. And I'll be honest with you. I don't want to see this team make any trades. Because, look, with you. even if you bring somebody in, how are you going to find playing time for when right. they're finally healthy, right? So I don't right. mind actually carrying Jackson Hayes if he's going to do this for you when you need him to. Same thing with Devontae Graham. Why mess with this chemistry when you don't even know what you Thank have? You. Because these guys haven't been together for what, more than a handful of games. So, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to write it out. I'm, for the first time, 
I absolutely 100% agree. I believe chemistry is so critical. And these guys mm-hmm. have fun. They care about each other. It, it is so obvious and apparent. They don't care who gets the points, who gets it. Let's just play and win. Man, that's hard to find in prof- any professional sport. So, yeah, I'm with you. Don't mess with the chemistry. Um, Ali Cassell, got you out in time, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely, Jordy. Thank you, and have a good New Year. You too, my friend. Thank you so much. Ali Cassell from At The Bird Writes. Um, can believe it or not, but you can get Mardi Gras started the right way with a real fun run. Trail presents the Lundy Gras Barathon Monday, February 20th. It's four miles through Freetown, just south of the parade route. Wear a costume, enjoy free drinks throughout the course, served at an adult hydration station. That sounds like a fun race. A party bus will follow close behind so runners can jump aboard at any time, run all or some or none. The audience will vote for the winner of the costume contest, so bring your loudest, craziest friends. It's the Lundy Graw Barathon. Free drinks, food, and prizes. Register now, latrail.org. Monday, February 20th. Are we off that day? If so, I'm going to Lundy Graw. Anyway, we'll take a timeout when we come back. Everything LSU with Glenn West as we roll on this Tuesday, December 20th, 7th, on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros. We'll be right back. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we welcome you back. A final, um, Buffalo 23, Georgia Southern 21, as we've got a quadruple header of college football bowl games today, currently underway. Um, Memphis and Utah State uh, midway through the first quarter. Of course, LSU will play Purdue on January 2nd. We've got LSU basketball. Wednesday, SEC play opens for the men. Thursday for the women. Glenn West, kind enough to join us. Merry Christmas, belatedly. Happy New Year, my friend. How you doing, man? How was Christmas for you? It was a pretty relaxed Christmas, just with hanging out with the family and, you know, just opening up a couple goodies but not much not much going on what about yourself uh, i it was it was great ate way too much you look like you can put down a few items here and there but you're so tall it doesn't show yeah no i can i can i can certainly <laughs> eat i love to eat that's <laughs> certainly true what does a yeah. young glenn west request for christmas like what was the go-to gift this year so the go-to gift this year is actually i'm trying to get see if i need custom-made golf clubs so we're going to go to a guy who tests out my golf clubs and sees if i need them extended or if they're the perfect length so that's what we're going to do uh next week so that's that was the big gift for me which i'm totally totally happy with that is cool that is so cool i got some uh pickleball equipment i'm gonna start playing pickleball oh there you go that's that seems to be the tennis anymore it's too much too much in tennis so i gotta keep the court small and do that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but it's not about me. It's all about the kids. Um, no no planes, trains, and automobile stories uh, coming out of LSU land with so many airports and cancellations. 
I hadn't I hadn't heard peep from LSU. Yeah, I mean, it, it pays to be able to have private planes, doesn't it? I mean, I think that that, that probably is why uh, LSU is sitting where they're at right now. They're supposed to leave today for yeah. Orlando to get their week started in terms of the prep for uh, uh, the the Citrus Bowl here on January 2nd. They actually installed a lot of what they wanted to install last week before right. Christmas. So uh, when they get there, they're going to have a little bit of fun. They're going to have a couple days of downtime and then really kind of rev up and get a second a second helping of uh, just what they're going to really need to to go over for, for the game on uh, on next Sunday, Monday. I think it's like, January it 2nd. Yeah, like, Monday. Monday, Monday. Monday. I think that's Monday. the way it ought to be for every bowl game, unless you're Michigan, TCU, Georgia, and Ohio State. That has a little bit more severity to it. This ought to be a reward, and coaches ought to just let's go have fun. Yeah, yeah, go have fun. I mean, uh, I don't know how much how much fun Nick Saban wants Alabama having here in the French Quarter uh, before the Sugar Bowl, but uh, certainly at a venue like Orlando, where you got Universal and you got Disney World and Lots of opportunity there for players to have some fun and uh, families and coaches, families and all that stuff. So yeah, I think they're, I think they're going to find a nice balance. That was at least the goal uh, for Coach Kelly last week when he was talking with us. Well, the recruiting is basically the haze in the barn. The transfer portal's basically in the barn as well, right? Are they basically done? So yeah, they've got 32 players um, signed for next year. Uh, 25 freshmen, seven uh, transfers were announced last week. Uh, I think there's they're still they're still hoping to get a few more in here. I think they would they would like to probably reassess after uh, the bowl game here and see which guys make final decisions on whether or not they're staying or going to the draft. And uh, you still got the portal window that's open until January the 18th, I believe. So. Uh, still not out of the woods there yet of maybe one or two players hopping in the portal after the bowl game. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's they, – they've got the bulk of it done, which is, I think, a really significant thing uh, for next year. They're going to have 15 early enrollees. Uh, I would imagine most of those transfers are going to be early enrollee guys as well. Uh, so you're going to have those those players on campus now for the next you know three or four months before the spring session gets started. Those guys will have a – head start in the workout room and, and getting to know their new teammates and their new coaches. But um, yeah, really significant for LSU to kind of get the crux of, or the, yeah. the the meat of what they're trying to accomplish for next year done already. On a side note, but in the portal uh, record setting wake forest quarterback, Sam Hartman uh, has entered the portal as a grad transfer. And apparently uh, he's going to Notre Dame. So kind of a six degree of separation with, with Brian Kelly and all that kind of stuff. So Hartman going to the Irish, uh, that, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, let them have some fun. Let them go. They're favored by 14 and a half. They should win this thing and and um, and get to 10 wins and, and get ready for spring yeah. ball after that. That never ends. But as that comes to a close, we got LSU basketball coming to the forefront. Now, now all the kitty cats are gone. Now the big boys are showing up. And here come the hogs from Arkansas. Uh, we're about to find out what LSU basketball is all about. Yeah, I agree. I think this is you know, a really good first test for LSU to see kind of where they can compete in this conference. You know, Arkansas is going to come in very heavily favored in this game. Um, they have two guards uh, who are around 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, they're long, they're rangy. Yep. 
Uh, their 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 biggest guard is is I think third in the conference right now in scoring, and so uh, Council is his name. He, I mean, they're 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 really really good defensively, and I think it's it's going to really test LSU's half court offense in terms of uh, how efficient it can be. I think really the biggest thing for LSU though is they're going to have to force some turnovers and get out in transition. I think that's the easiest easiest pathway to success for LSU. Uh, on Wednesday, they've, you know, Arkansas is a team that, you know, is really disciplined defensively, but offensively, they've been giving it up a little bit. They average around 15 turnovers a game, right. um, or actually, you know, they average about 13 turnovers a game, but LSU's taking it away 15 times uh, a contest. So if you can get, you know, 10, 11, 12 turnovers and turn them into transition opportunities the other way, uh, I think that's probably the best uh, recipe for success for LSU to have on Wednesday night. Uh, Glenn West with us. Uh, KJ Williams has been consistent. This team can't win if Adam Miller keeps shooting like he's shooting. They just they can't. They don't have enough scoring power. Yeah, he's five for thirty six in his last on, on his last forty one three point opportunities. Um, he he has to to fix it. Um, you know, media was talking with Coach McMahon today, and he's he's a guy that you know he's former point guard, a former shooter. He knows all about shooting slumps and. His, his theory is let the player work it out for himself. And I think they're still in that stage right now with Adam. And uh, you just got to hope that it's not getting into his head at this point. I mean, he's a really streaky shooter, but he's also what it is. Done, some, yeah. done some really good things, you know, earlier yeah. in the year as well. So uh, it, it's going to be um, interesting to see if he can't try to get himself out of this. I mean, there's uh, a lot of the misses that he's had the last couple games in particular have been open looks and they're yeah. just not falling for him. So, uh, there's opportunity there for him to certainly improve, and uh, I know that's the expectation for him uh, starting Wednesday. I, I guarantee it's all between the ears. Dude, I, I, I'm i just saying, blindfold me. I'm going to shoot better than five out of 36. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, he, it, it's just, been a struggle. I mean, look, it's – yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't think you want to do anything to to mess with his form at this point in the season. I think no. you just gotta make sure he's getting the shots up in practice and and hope that they start falling for him. So Man, get to uh, the it's, it's, it's get to the rim, yeah. shoot some layups, get to the rim, get to the free throw line. It's the old same old thing. See the ball go through the net, and you'll feel a lot. Yep. It's like that medicine, man. When everybody gets get sick on the basketball court. The only cure they have is, is that orange globe going through the net. It's the greatest <laughs> medicine in life. It is. Yep. It is. Yeah, I agree. And and look, I think there's some stuff they can do to open them up a little bit, but uh, at the end of the day, he's just got to make the shots. And I think, you know, he'll still have those opportunities. They're not losing any faith in him. They still think he's their best perimeter shooter. He's just got to start knocking them down. Are the women, the ninth best team in the country. I haven't seen them play at all. I haven't. I don't know who they've played. I know they get ready to go to Arkansas on Thursday, and so again, we'll see if it's legit or not. But what do you think of this women's team? Yeah, so I think they're 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 pretty legit. I mean, as legit as you can be for a okay. team that's really kind of run through their schedule so far. I mean, they haven't played a a ton of close games up to this point, but. I do think that they are a very good team. I think that Angel Reese is probably one of the best uh, forwards, big big ladies in in all of college basketball. So um, they're they, you know they they've got a lot working for them here, and I think that they're 
certainly going to be on the on the rise and and certainly a team to watch out for. But um, you know, you, you you've got you've got Reese, you've got Flojay Johnson, Alexis Morris is staying healthy for you. So um, there's there's a lot there to work with, and I think LSU is going to be in a really good position uh, to to make a run in a conference championship again. Basketball season is upon us. One thing remains consistent year after year after year is Arik Gilbert has entered the transfer portal yet again. Yet again. Yep. What is up yeah. with that dude? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a young man trying to find his way, and he just, I think he keeps running into a lot of adversity, and, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes while he was here that, um, you know, has been speculated on, theorized on. I think he's just a, a guy trying to find his his right spot, and he just hadn't found it yet. And you know, now he's you know, I think you you're looking at a situation where he'll have to go and sit for a year, probably somewhere else, and uh, you know, hope that he can Man. put it together. I mean, he just didn't see a whole lot of opportunities this year what, in Georgia, that's for sure. What do you think happened? He, he was like all freshman SEC in 2020, 35 catches. 368 yards and two Ds. What 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 else did he expect? What was he so yeah, unhappy I, about? Yeah, I mean, I I think there was a number of things. I think you know you certainly bring up. You hear the grades were an issue here, um, and and there's 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 a lot of stuff working uh, uh, you know against Arik while he was here, and uh, you know he entered the portal. He was remember at one point he was committed to Florida for a little while before he ended up decommitting there and going to Georgia and. Um, he spent the last couple of years in Georgia, I think, just trying to stay close to home and, and be, you know, a little bit better with, you know, his his grades and with, you know, himself. And so yeah. it's it's a rough situation. I honestly couldn't tell you. I haven't followed it extremely closely yeah. since he left LSU, but uh, I know that there's a lot of potential there that's uh, seemingly not going to it hasn't been you know, tapped to, yet. To work in his favor. Right. Yeah, it hasn't been tapped out yet. Oh, by the way, uh, Glenn West with us. I saw where Garrett Nussmeyer picked up an NIL deal um, at yeah. the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. He gets to stay, sleep in the Cheez-It room. I mean, it's it's yeah. all Cheez-It everywhere. Bedspread, pillows, furniture. It's a lot rug. of red. It's a lot of orange in that room. I, I took one look at the room in the picture, and I just yes. my head started to hurt with all the <laughs> conflicting colors. Um, yes. You know, I... Uh, good for Garrett, man. You know he's he's uh, you know capitalizing on the cheese it deal there. Um, hope he gets to play. You know in this game, uh, we know Jaden's going to play a lot, but would yeah. love to see the younger guys also get an opportunity in a game like this. So, um, yeah, no, it's 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 a great opportunity. It's kind of what you know you, you open the door here with the NIL stuff, and you know the players um, can can kind of put their own personality and flair into the kind of deals they sign and. Uh, I think it's a it's a good move. It's it's always fun to yeah. see what kind of stuff crops up in 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 the NIL space. I wonder how Amazon's going to get all those Cheez-Its uh, shipped uh, back to his uh, apartment, and and how much will um, Garrett divvy up to his buddies? I would that's imagine part, he'll probably divvy it up. That's, that's a lot part of Cheez-Its. I don't know that I can eat that many Cheez-Its. Yeah, 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 I would agree. I like Cheez-Its, but it's you know, come on, it goes straight to the old. You know what? Um, all right, so any concerns about LSU in this game with Purdue? I don't think so. I mean, look, I don't either. Purdue is a team. I think, you know, Purdue is a team, if you look at it, is in a similar spot to where LSU was even a year ago today. I mean, like, they are in the midst of finding a new coach. Their yeah. quarterback has entered the 
draft and they got players entering the portal in the draft left and right. And so you don't know how many guys are going to be available for Purdue in this game. Um, they just lost another transfer quarterback a couple days ago to the portal. So um, there's, there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of flux going on right now with that program and LSU for the most part is returning a lot of their players. I mean, yeah. even guys like Bernard Converse and Jay Ward, uh, in the secondary, those are guys who are going to the draft, but they're also going to play in this game for some extra, you know, game tape, some extra game film. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I like where LSU is. I think, you know, I think you said the line was 14 and a half. I think right. that's about right right now. So, uh, yeah, I expect LSU to win pretty comfortably at this point. Uh, since I and I just thought about this, since I won't talk to you until 2023 of all the things that you covered in 2022 dealing with LSU. What was the singular moment that stood out to you? LSU Alabama. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. It was, yeah. It was uh, that was a special, special game, special night. It was on the field for the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter and overtime, and it was it was as crazy as you would expect watching on TV. It was a really amazing atmosphere and amazing finish, and just a a game that you know everybody who was there will certainly never forget. Amen. Um, happy New Year, Glenn West. Thank you yep, so much. I hope. Year. I think you're going to have to get those clubs extended, big guy. I really do. But that's what it's all about. I've had them, I've had them extended twice, so I Ooh. hope that they don't need any more extensions. But Maybe. I have grown since then, too, so I don't know. Maybe it's just your not. game. <laughs> Maybe you just need to get your game right. That's true. That's true. I, I'm and not, that I'm takes not practice. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I'm slicing it a lot. I'm not topping the ball, though, as much as I used to. Okay. Uh, okay. Which would be indicative of shorter clubs is topping you'll, it. But You'll be fine. Okay, I digress. You'll be fine. We'll you be will good. be fine. Glenn West, thank you for 2022. Thanks, we look for even more in 2023, buddy. You're the best. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Glenn West, kind enough to join us from uh, Go247 Sports. Uh, the biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in 2023. Hangout Fest returns May 19th to the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, and more. The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has VIP passes to Hangout Fest. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like no other. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Back to wrap up our number one here on the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back at uh, 54 minutes after the hour on this Tuesday, December 27th, as we wrap up our number one, uh, Arizona Cardinals' J.J. Watt announced after their Monday night football loss last night to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that this will be his final NFL season. Well, he actually did it in a tweet this morning that he's going to retire after this year. Quote, Koa's first ever NFL game 
my last ever NFL home game. My heart is filled with nothing but love and gratitude. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. As he uh, tweeted along with a picture of him holding his son, Koa, and standing next to his wife at Sunday night's game between the Cardinals and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First ballot, Hall of Famer, 12-year career, has two games left, both road trips to the Falcons and to the 49ers. Um, Watt is one of three players to be named the Defensive Player of the Year three times, joining (laughs) what a list this is, Aaron Donald and Lawrence Taylor. All three of those awards came when he played for the Houston Texans in 2012, 2014, 2015. The franchise that selected him 11th overall in the 2011 draft out of the University of Wisconsin. Remember, he went to a little small school. Nobody recruited him. He walked on at Wisconsin, said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it big. And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. No question about it. There's only three players since he was drafted in 2011 who have more sacks than him. Von Miller, Chandler Jones, and the New Orleans Saints, Cam Jordan. Very good. Uh, Well-deserved going out on his time, on his note, on his dime. uh, J.J. Watt retiring. First ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, If you didn't get what you wanted from Santa, don't worry. We have gifts you really want in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Coming up, hour number two, we'll update the the college football um, bowl game score. Memphis playing right now against Utah State. Uh, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will join us. The Saints playoff hopes on a string, and it's getting thinner and thinner and thinner. We'll go over all the things that have to happen, plus preview the Philadelphia Eagles ball game. Hour number two straight ahead here on the Jordy Helper Show. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Four number two of two uh, on this Tuesday, December 27th, the year 2022. Hope you're having a great afternoon. I hope everybody had a fabulous, fabulous Christmas time with your loved ones. Um, man, that's uh, what a, what a, it was beautiful. Felt, felt wintry. It was great. I hope you had a wonderful time and I hope you have a, uh, a good week leading up to the start of um, the end of 2022 and the new year that begins uh, this Sunday, January 1st. LSU departed today for Orlando for their January 2nd Citrus Bowl with a 12 noon kickoff uh, that you can listen to right here on the game as they take on Purdue. With that in mind, I just got a text from my producer, uh, James Mesh, who said that Ted wants to ask a question about LSU. So without further ado, Ted, 
Uh, we don't take many phone calls, but we'll take yours. Welcome. Hope you had a great Christmas, and uh, I will do my best to answer anything you have to say. So go ahead, big guy. Merry, Cri- Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to y'all guys. Thank you. Uh, go Tigers, as always. Uh, I was wondering, how much influence do you think Drew Brees is going to have helping out Purdue and helping to coach them toward this bowl game? And do you think that's going to lead to a possible mesh with Drew Brees as far as coaching Purdue? Um, You know, as a Notre Dame fan – and an LSU man, I've watched uh, Drew Brees scare the heck out of me for four years in a row, um, being a Notre Dame fan. And, you know, I was always scared when we had Purdue coming up the Saturday that was coming up because he had the spread offense, and it's just a hard offense to stop. Um, it really is. Now, their defense is not capable of stopping LSU normally. I mean, uh, Notre Dame normally because of their uh, huge offensive linemen and their run game. But um, I was so terrified of uh, what Drew Brees could do. Uh, And I knew he would be a great quarterback going into the NFL. Yeah, I appreciate What's the phone call. On that? Um, here, here's my here's my answer to that. Number one, I think this was done, um, to be quite honest with you, as a publicity stunt for the game. Drew Brees can't come in there and take a backup quarterback and change things around. It is what it is. Oh, he's a backup think, quarterback? I, the, the starting, yeah, the, the, the starting the quarterback is out. Portal. He's declared for the NFL. Um, and, Ted, thank you for the call. Um He's declared for the NFL, so it's a backup quarterback. Uh, Drew Brees is there. He's just trying to do his his part. I, I can promise you he has no interest in coaching. He, he left broadcasting because he wasn't spending enough time with his kids. Coaching is 10 times more time-consuming, 100 times more time-consuming than broadcasting is. So um, how much of an impact? I, I don't think it has an impact at all, I think. I think it's good for television. I think it might cause some ratings to go up a little bit. I think these bowl games, I don't think you're going to have a lot of fans in the stands. I just don't. Um, So for the network that's covering the game, hey, we can show Drew Brees on the sideline. We can fill some time and tell some stories about it, this, that, the other. I don't think it's going to have an impact on the game at all, and I can promise you he does not want to become a coach um, because it's too, too time-consuming. Now, you would worry if Drew Brees could put the Purdue uniform on, then you have to worry because now he gets to play. He can't change things. The backup is the backup. They're going to run the offense that they run. They may have a play or two uh, that they put in just to just to have some fun with, but the players are still the players. They're not going to change overnight like that. So it's a great story. Um, it's fun for Drew. It's fun for Purdue, but he's not out there throwing passes. Um, and so therefore I, I just don't, uh, you know, Marcus Colston's not lining up either for Purdue. So I don't think it's going to be an impact at all, but we shall see again, 
Uh, LSU left today. Brian Kelly said, look, I, I want them to enjoy the opportunity that they have earned. Do some fun things. Let them turn them loose a little bit, which is great, which is great. They, they got six days before they play. You, you can't lock them up. You can't just focus on football, football, football. No, you got to let them go. Uh, get their mind right, right. That the haze in the barn. They have done their their prep work, right? They've had their traditional week of preparation for Purdue. They'll duplicate it at the bowl site. Uh, but this is about fun. It's all about attitude, and it's all about trying to get a win um, to get you kick started for the next season. Ted, thank you for your phone call. It's eight minutes after the hour. Uh, some other headlines, T.J. Watt announced that he is uh, retiring from the game of football. He's got two more games to go. He's the first ballot Hall of Famer. The Pacers uh, fell to the Pelicans last night um, after a, 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 a bad start, a bad start to the game. The, all of a sudden, the Pels, after a timeout, turned it up. And uh, behind Najee Marshall's career-high 22 points and six assists, the Pels win their third straight, 113-93. New Orleans was out, was without Zion Williamson, without Brandon Ingram, without Herb Jones, without Trey Murphy. Uh, they were without a lot of players, but they got the win. They're now 21-12 and overall. They're 6-2 and without Zion. They're 12-6 and without Ingram. Proving yet again, depth might be their biggest strength. Next up for the Pels, Wednesday night, tomorrow night, in the Smoothie King Center against the Minnesota Timberwolves with Rudy Gobert, um, Edwards, but uh, no Carl Anthony Towns, so he's hurt. According to uh, reports out of practice today, uh, Zion will be back. Um, Trey Murphy will be back. Um, but no no Brandon Ingram at this point in time. So they'll get some players back. Wouldn't it be fun to see what this team can do uh, for 20 games, if they were all healthy, what they'd be like, 20 games all intact. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, LSU basketball gets underway. Well, the season really gets underway tomorrow when the – uh, Ninth-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks come to town. And um, it's an 8 o'clock tip inside the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Uh, Arkansas is uh, very, very good. They're 11-1. and one, uh, And they beat schools like San Diego State, who's 17th in the country. They beat Oklahoma. Their lone loss came to 10th-ranked Creighton. They have the league's third highest net ranking. They're two and one against quad one opponents. Um, they're very, very, very good. So uh, Eric Musselman's team uh, comes into the Pete Maravich Center uh, Wednesday night. Kim Mulkey's ninth ranked LSU women's basketball team gets back into action as well. And uh, they will be playing their SEC opener on Thursday as Kim Mulkey's club goes on the road. The Razorbacks are 24th in the country. They'll be LSU's first-ranked opponent. That tip Thursday, 6 p.m. And then on Sunday, Mulkey's crew, January 1st, will host Vanderbilt to tip off the new year 
at 2 p.m. in the PMAX. So if you don't want to watch some uh, some NFL games or anything like that, if you want to just go watch some women's hoops, that's the place you need to go. Again, um, NFL News, J.J. Watt announcing his retirement. Uh, the, the Saints got no help as Tampa Bay beat Arizona last night in Monday Night Football. So uh, the Bucks are still leading the division. And they control their own destiny, so to speak. Um, the Saints have the Eagles this Sunday and then the Panthers at home to close out the regular season in week 18. We'll see. We'll see. Their, their chances are very, very, very slim at best. Um, Tampa Bay would have to lose their final two games, and uh, we shall see. Saints are 6-9. and nine. Um, they did get the win over, over the Cleveland Browns. So it's all they can do. They're looking for some help. The Bucks are at seven and eight Panthers and saints are at six and nine and the Falcons, uh, trail in the NFC South at five and 10. All right, let's take a quick time out here. When we come back, the black and gold report, uh, Bob Rose of the saints news network will deal with all the NFL with NFL, with all the remaining schedules and the NFL wild cards. Who's in? Who's trying to get in? A lot of NFL talk, lots of Saints talk when we return to the Jordy Helpert Show here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Bob Rose, how are you, my friend? Oh, we're hanging in there. Uh, Post-Christmas apocalypse being dealt with. Uh, getting ready for 2023, telling a telling myself all kinds of lies about being a new person for the new year. You know how it goes. Uh, how was your holiday, my friend? It was great. I, I, I thank you for asking. You had a wonderful time. Look, the Saints get the win, and their playoff odds get worse. Um, <laughs> Tampa Bay, I mean, come on, Arizona. You're leading by 10 in the fourth quarter. And here comes goal. Here comes Tampa Bay. They tie it, and they kick the field goal in overtime. Come on, Philly. You had it. You, if you beat Dallas, then you wrap up your division. You don't have to play your starters the rest of the year. So that doesn't help at all either. Nope, not at all. And we saw, yeah, we saw exactly why the Arizona Cardinals are going to be looking for a new head coach, uh, you know, this off season. Uh, yeah, and it just, it, it just, what, well, yeah, it, it's such a Saints thing to have to. De- on the Cowboys, uh, you know, to, to lose and it for not that not uh, for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they're they're staring into to the abyss, uh, but they they got life, Jordy. So they got you. You never know what could happen. Well, they got to win out, and mm-hmm. Tampa Bay has to lose out, and that's all there is to it. So it's not that's not that difficult. I mean, it's difficult to do, uh, <laughs> but at least the Saints showed some some chutzpah, man. They in that in those elements, um, God, you know, they still have some fight. They erase that ten point deficit, and I love me some Taysom Hill. He's such a difference maker. Yeah, he absolutely is, and it was so nice. 
to see the offensive line, a shorthanded offensive line, bully an opponent again. Uh, yeah, and, and you're right. This Saints team showed more character and resilience than they have at any other point this season. Uh, yeah, and it gave you, even if this team doesn't make the playoffs, and you know, let's face reality, the chances are extremely slim. Right. Uh, yeah, it, even if this team doesn't make the postseason, it gives you a pretty good feeling going into the offseason that there are still some pieces here to rebuild relatively quickly into a playoff contender again. Um fight and grit uh, that that tells me unlike in denver where players are arguing on the sideline it shows me dennis allen hasn't lost this team uh, that they're still fighting and that that's a feather in his cap when it comes to that end of the season evaluation and sit down with mickey lewis loomis and gail benson and all that yeah, it really it really is a feather in his cap. And if you're a person, if you're a Saints fan that wants Dennis Allen gone, uh, you're, you're probably pulling your hair out because that's just the reality of the situation. But look, I, I never thought that these players did quit or would quit on Dennis Allen. Uh, you know, it, it's just it's the maddening coaching decisions week after week after week. Uh, yeah, and we even saw it a little bit in the first half against Cleveland. I mean, they didn't even run you know, a, a, a use Taysom Hill on a running play until uh, over midway through the second quarter. Yeah. So yeah. again, it's just even in a win, uh, you know, you're, you're holding the side of your head and you're saying, what is this coaching staff doing? But I do think that the, I do think that Dennis Allen will probably be back regardless of the way these final two games finish. Uh, I still think they make all kinds of ch- uh, changes on the staff, especially on the offensive side. Uh, but yeah, you know, the fact that this team is showing, you know, uh, showing fight and that it has no quit in it uh, is definitely a feather in your cap when you sit down for this offseason evaluation. I don't know who can be, I don't know who you criticize more, the Saints for, you know, not getting Taysom Hill involved earlier or the Cleveland Browns for what happened to the running game? They just, they, I mean, Nick Chubb was pretty good and they just stopped running it. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. He was relatively effective. I mean, the Saints' defense played well. Yeah. Uh, yeah but uh, but Cleveland certainly would have had a better chance, especially after getting out to a ten to nothing lead. Had they stuck with that running game, uh, you know. So again, you know, the Saints fans. I know you're frustrated with Dennis Allen. I know you're frustrated with Pete Carmichael. Believe you me, I am too. But you look around the NFL, uh, you know, and you know, look look no further than the opponent from last week. Like Jordy just said, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, and there's all kinds of you know, ridiculous and bewildering coaching decisions going on throughout the league. Yeah, the Saints have the Cleveland Browns to thank for keeping them in that game just as much as their own fight and grittiness. Uh, temperatures dip to minus 10 below with the wind chill and all that. So the, the MVP, the, the game ball went to uh, the Saints equipment staff, yeah. which, which is deservedly so with the, with hand and feet warmers of uh, neoprene undersuits, heated vests for the coaches. I mean, golly. I'd like to uh, back have a in, back in our day, Jordy, we'd have just been told to yeah you know, to to layer up and keep moving on the sidelines, uh, you know, huddle around the kerosene heater, uh, yeah. and uh, and take your medicine. I'm with you. Hot soup on the sidelines. I don't know when that all of a sudden started, but that seemed like uh, that's that's terrific. So uh, at least at least you get their attention. You have something to play for. Mm-hmm. with Philly. Now, Philly loses to Dallas. They need to win one of their remaining two. 
Jalen Hurts still kind of up in the air. If he's good to go, he's going to play, right? Got to. I certainly, yeah, I certainly believe so. Uh, because yeah, I, if I'm Nick Sirianni, I look at it like this. Uh, you know, if I'm Philadelphia and I beat the New Orleans Saints you know, th- this weekend, uh, then I get to sit Hurts and anybody else that's banged up for the season finale. Plus, I have my bye week. Uh, you, know, you basically have two and a half weeks to rest anybody that's dealing with injuries. Meanwhile, you know, if you sit Hurts and anybody else that could possibly go uh, and you lose to the Saints, now all of a sudden you're facing a very physical divisional opponent in in the New York Giants who are going to be equally desperate, uh, and you have to play out the string and or hope for some help. So i got to believe that if Jalen Hurts – Philly's got to look at this as a playoff game. Not yeah. so much in the desperation effect, but yeah. Yeah, in the way that, yeah, look, guys, if you could suit up, we need you this week. Uh, yeah, let's win this, and then you get your rest. Which does not bode well no. for the New Orleans Saints at all. No, it certainly does not. I mean, I don't have to remind you what the Philadelphia Eagles running game and Jalen Hurts in particular did to this New Orleans defense to a better to a New Orleans defense that was better than this one. Uh, you know, the previous two years, they rushed for over 240 yards in both occasions. Uh, you know, Hurst, Hurts himself had over 200 yards on the ground, and he's a better passer now than he was either of those previous two games. Now, I will say this. If Jalen is going to make a go of it, I would not expect nearly as many RPO options as we normally see from him because they're going to probably want to protect him as best that they can. Uh, you know, so, yeah, that, that's something to maybe hang your hat on is that the, you know, that the Philadelphia offense still perhaps won't be its nor- you know, it won't throw its full playbook at the Saints defense. Yeah, if the, uh, if the playoffs started today um... – you would have the Eagles as the number one seed, Vikings number two, the 49ers number three, the Buccaneers at number five, the Cowboys at uh, Buccaneers at number four, Cowboys at five, Giants at six, Washington at seven. So you would have every team from the NFC East uh, in the playoffs uh, on that side of the football. So, uh, but still in the hunt um, on the bubble, the Seahawks, the Lions, the Packers, the Panthers, and the Saints. So, hmm, still still keeping hope alive. I just hope Green Bay doesn't get in. Doggone it. Tired of them. Me too. I keep I, I want to throw dirt on them so bad and just you know, kick them to the side. Uh, you know, but yeah, again, we you know, we threw our sarcastic thank yous out to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, you know, and the Arizona Cardinals before. Uh, we could throw that out to the Detroit Lions too. Uh, you know, I think the Detroit Lions could have kicked dirt on the Packers had they beat the Panthers. Certainly would have helped out the Saints a great deal. Uh, you know, if they uh, if they would have beat the Panthers, uh, especially if Arizona would have won too. Uh, you know, it's just it's shows you uh, other than philadelphia and you know minnesota who you know the cardiac kids of the league this year uh yeah that this conference uh, the, the whole league but really this conference especially uh you know is just so top heavy uh yeah we'll see how the playoffs turn out uh but man we've seen some bad nfc football this year <laughs> <laughs> we really have um and, and we'll talk more about this in our next segment um denver has an opening I'm sure Sean Payton's at the top of their list. Um, I don't know if he wants to go there. You've got that albatross of Russell Wilson and his contract and everything there. Uh, there's all, con- but it looks like the teams that 
Everybody had earmarked Sean Payton for uh, Dallas. Unless McCarthy loses in the first round of playoffs, they're not firing him. Um, the Chargers, they make the playoffs where they're not firing that guy. So Sean Payton may have another another year in his little sabbatical, um, unfortunately for the Saints. But he might. Unfortunately, maybe maybe fortunately. Uh, yeah, say Sean Payton really, really wants to coach again, but none of these other openings appeal to him. And I still believe I said it in the preseason. I still believe he'll end up in Arizona. Uh, but oh. yeah, say that. Does, yeah, say he doesn't like what he sees out there or the Cardinals can't offer the Saints the type of package they want for Sean Payton. Well, coach, how bad do you want to get back into coaching? We we could maybe talk Dennis Allen into a demotion here if you want your job back. Uh, or you know, maybe we'll wish Dennis Allen a fond farewell since we already have two terrific defensive assistants and Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So coach Payton, how bad do you want to put on that black and gold visor again? <laughs> yeah. uh, that uh, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it more in depth. We'll go over the playoff scenarios. Who's in, who's trying to get back in and what the matchups would look like um, as we come down the stretch of this uh, NFL season. We'll continue the black and gold report with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network after this time out here on the Jordy Helpert Show on a Tuesday, December 27th on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers, heading to the Citrus Bowl and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Black and Gold Report Part 2 with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Each and every week at this time, we get Bob's uh, Fabulous Five. Last week, he had Philadelphia number one, Cincinnati number two, San Francisco number three, Buffalo four, Kansas City five. So, Bob Rose, as we pick it up, uh, and again, thank you for your time. Let's go over your Fabulous Five this week with two um, regular season games remaining. So last week, Kansas City was at number five. Who you got at number five this week, big guy? Man, I'll tell you what, it's it's getting harder to pick these teams. Uh, yep. you know, we're seeing the teams at the top get tighter and tighter. Uh, I'm going to stay status quo at number five. I'm going to keep the Kansas City Chiefs there. Uh, yeah, I, I believe this Chiefs team is definitely capable of winning the AFC and mm-hmm. the Super Bowl outright. Uh, you, you, have a, you have a puncher's chance every time you have a, a, a franchise quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is certainly that. Uh, yeah, but the Chiefs roster uh, is a lot deeper and a lot well more well-rounded than what I had given it credit for earlier in the season. Uh, you know, and you're certainly talking about a postseason seasoned team uh, that's going to be dangerous down the stretch. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I'm going to. Yeah, Kansas City's got to be in your top five. Is their defense good enough to win it all? You think, or is their offense just carry so much weight that they can win it that way? Uh, their defense is good enough to protect a okay. lead if they get one. Uh, yeah, I don't think that this is the type of team that can win the type of defensive slugfest that we saw the Saints and Browns have last right. week. 
Right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, if Mahomes and company get off to a fast start or get themselves on a roll, that's yeah, the the Chiefs defense is built to rush the passer, uh, yeah, and to play pass the you know, to to play soft coverage and capitalize on mistakes. So yeah, yeah, that that defense from that aspect is good enough to win it. Just double team Travis Kelsey, please double yeah. team him. Make somebody else beat you. Um, uh, just think about this: how one draft changed the fortune of two franchises. Think about if Pat Mahomes had come to New Orleans, we'd still have Sean Payton. Just think about what how good the Saints would be if he were here, and how how close the Saints were to getting him. Scary. It is scary, but you know what? <sighs> You look back on that draft, and you know, that draft, remember, netted Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, Trey Hendrickson, uh, uh-huh. and I, I feel like I'm missing somebody here. Uh, yeah, so it, it's it's hard to argue with the talent that the Saints brought in. Uh, but, yeah, yeah I, I agree that if they got Mahomes, Sean Payton would most definitely still be here. Uh, yeah, and yeah, like you always say, if you you're you're one of two teams, you're either a team that has a franchise quarterback or a team that's desperately looking for a franchise quarterback. And unfortunately, right now the Saints are in that latter category. That wouldn't be the case, you know, with a with a revisionist history. Certainly, looks like the Saints did the right thing in not getting Deshaun Watson. Yeah, because I don't know what's happening. Hey, just I, I, with all that, that's just. So the Saints did the right thing there. All right, Kansas City at number five. Uh, at number four this week, Bob Rose. Buffalo Bills. Um, right. And I give Buffalo the slight nod over Kansas City because I just – I Buffalo has the better defense. Uh, they have themselves a franchise signal caller in Josh Allen. And I'll tell you what I like about the Bills in recent weeks. They're running the football very, very well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they're doing so with more than just number 17. Uh, you know, the, that shows me that Buffalo – Buffalo has learned a lesson from their last two playoff losses uh, where Josh Allen was just – contained just enough – uh, yeah, to lose a game, and they want to make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, yeah, so uh, you get into Dece- you know, November, December, January football, you got to be able to run the ball uh, yeah, to, to win a championship, mm-hmm. and Buffalo can. Uh, that's why I give them a slight nod over Kansas City. Okay, so far no change from last week to this week. Now at number three. Last week you had at number three, you had San Francisco. Who you got this week? I got to keep them there. Uh, okay. you know, the, the 49ers, the, the 49ers have not played their way out of a top three spot. Uh, you know, and you know, you, you asked me about the chiefs defense being, you know, are they good enough to win a championship before the San Francisco 49ers defense is good enough to win a championship yeah. by themselves. Yeah. Uh, Plus, don't look now. The 49ers are starting to get a little bit healthy in that offensive backfield. So, you know, they'll, they'll, They'll be able to give that rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, or Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo, if and when he's able to come back, even more weapons on that offensive side. Kyle Shanahan is no dummy. He is not gonna. He's not gonna make his offense risk a victory because he knows how good that defense is. Right. San Francisco can beat anybody right now. What do you do? Brock Purdy's looking pretty darn good. If and when Garoppolo gets healthy. Now what do you do? Now I understand Purdy's never played in the playoff game. Garoppolo has. What what is what do the Niners do there? 
I think you got to go back to Garoppolo uh, okay. because it's the playoffs. Uh, you know, if this were midseason, I'd say ride Purdy out and see what you got out of him because you know you know that you could fall back on the veteran if you have to, uh, but you also know that Garoppolo is not the future of this franchise. But you're talking playoffs where you know one little slip up by a rookie seventh round pick and you're going home, uh, you know, for the season. I think you got to. I, I I don't envy that decision, but I think if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I go back to Garoppolo. Very good. Bob Rose uh, with his fabulous five. Kansas City at number five. Buffalo at four. San Fran at three. At number two. It was tough to slide. I know they lost, but it was tough to slide them out of the number one spot. Uh, I'm going to put the Philadelphia Eagles at number two. Okay. Uh, and it was so tough for me to slide them out because you know, they, they played well enough to beat the Dallas Cowboys, who are a very good team by the, in their own right. They had a backup quarterback. They they had all kinds of turnovers early in the game and still fought hard to win. Uh, yeah, this Philadelphia team, in my opinion, is the class of the, yeah, them and San Francisco are the class of the NFC. Uh, I hated to move Philly out of the number one spot. Uh, yeah, but they, they lost, so I felt like I had to. Uh, but the, yeah, the, them, San Francisco, and my yeah, my number one choice. I. I can make an argument for any one of them being the number one team in the NFL this week. Who is number one? Last week you had the Cincinnati Bengals at number two. You still got no love for the 12 and three Minnesota Vikings. So who is number one? It's the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Uh, I, I just think the Bengals are coming together at the right time. Uh, you know, as it stands right now, they may have to win a playoff game in Buffalo uh, or perhaps Kansas City, depending on how that number one seed shakes out. The Bengals proved that they can go on the road and beat anybody last year. This, I believe, is actually a better team uh, because they know how to win. Last year, they were learning how to win, and that's yeah. so key in any level of sports. Once you learn how to win, uh, yeah, that, that, that's such a big key. Uh, you mentioned the Vikings. I have respect for what the Vikings have done. Don't get me wrong. They just they look like paper champions. They don't look like that. <laughs> If you if you ask me to name a top six, the Vikings would be number six. I just okay. don't think they're in the caliber of the you know, of my top five. That's more than fair. More than fair. Bob Rose Saints News Network. With that in mind, if the playoffs started today, in the AFC, Buffalo would have a first round bye. In the NFC, Philadelphia a first round bye. So the matchups would be the seven seeded Washington Commanders at the two seed Minnesota Vikings. Who you like in that game? You know I hate Kirk Cousins. Like, it, it, almost, almost like he personally wronged me. Uh, I just, I think the and I, the Redskins, the Washington, uh, can beat just about anybody. And I, I love Ron Rivera as a coach. They're gonna, they're gonna make you physically beat up. But if that matchup were to happen today, the Vikings have too many offensive weapons. No, I think they, yeah, they pull they it got out. Nobody to stop Justin Jefferson. Nobody. Right. I'm sorry. Right. Give me the Vikings. All right. Now another matchup, the New York giants would be the sixth seed and they'd have to travel West to take on the 49ers, the three seed. I think we all know who we would pick in that one. Yeah, Same no frame. doubt the 49ers. I mean, the Giants are holding on to that playoff berth by the tips of their fingernails right now. Uh, yeah, we talked about the 49ers perhaps being the class of the NFC. That that might be a blowout. 
Here's one of the big problems I have in the next matchup. The fifth seeded Dallas Cowboys at 11 and four would have to go to Tampa Bay, the fourth seed at seven and eight. Just because you win a division, does that give you the right to host a playoff game if you've lost four more games than the, the team that you have to play against? Is that fair? No, not in my opinion. And we've seen the New Orleans Saints victimized by that one. Seattle. Before. Yes. Beast mode. Yes. Yes. Um, I believe if you win a division, regardless of your record, you deserve a playoff spot. But spot. I believe that the conference, you know, the conference seeds uh, or the conference should be reseeded once you've clinched that playoff spot. That's just my feeling, uh, because, you know, in the end, a home field advantage means more in the NFL than any other professional sport, in my opinion, uh, more than basketball, more than hockey, uh, you know, more, more than anywhere. Uh, you know, you ask any player and they'd agree with that. Uh, you know, so, yeah, it's it almost feels like an unfair matchup. Uh, and Tom Brady playoffs referees yeah I, I said it uh i think tampa bay would win that matchup and then all of a sudden we're talking about oh jerry jones looking at sean payton another first round early playoff exit uh yeah maybe it's me as a member of the media just helping my job with an extra headline or two uh but yeah and dallas tampa have played each other the last two years both been extremely entertaining contests uh but again playoffs tb12 I hesitantly go with Tampa in that matchup. I just don't like Tampa. I just don't like nope. how they play. I just, I, I got to pick Dallas in that one, but I hope I hate, I don't like Tampa Bay. All right. In the AFC, if the playoffs started today, Buffalo's the one seed uh, Miami after two was just, who was he throwing the ball to uh, in the fourth quarter? I don't get it. They would be the seven seed. They'd have to go to Kansas city the Chiefs as the number two seed. Miami's got all those weapons, but two is in. He may not even play anymore. He's in the concussion protocol again. I mean, they're talking about going to see the brain doctors and yeah. what's going on. Yeah, forget football. I'm starting to worry about a little, a little bit about Tua's long-term health. Yeah, uh, and I, I think specialists outside of NFL affiliations need to step in here at some point, and I hope they do. Uh, but yeah, regardless, I mean Miami's struggling a little bit uh, on both sides of the football. Uh, yeah, they have they have the roster talent to beat Kansas City, and you know, as long as it's not like frigid weather conditions. Uh, but I just I think Kansas City is playing too well. Uh, you know, playoff experience means the world to me. Uh, you know, in these you know matchups, I think you know Kansas City probably wins this one relatively easily. Matchup of two premier young quarterbacks. If if the playoffs started today, the Chargers who clinched their first playoff spot um, in quite some time last night when they just you know destroyed that other team. God, are they bad? Um, at Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. The Chargers are nine and six. The Bengals right now, your number one team at 11 and four. They got to go into Cincy, that warm weather team, going to that cold weather team, hmm, right? Yeah, and I think Cincinnati is on just such a roll. Uh, this this might be another route. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bengals playoff run last year, they, they all but – all but one of those games were on the road. Uh, you know, so the, you know, the Cincinnati crazies would be out in full force for the playoffs. Uh, yeah. It, it, I don't think just because the chargers made the playoffs that that rules out a Sean Payton destination. 
that's another conversation for another time. If they go on a playoff run, it does certainly. Uh, but I just, I can't say the, the Chargers have too many holes, too many questionable coaching decisions. I don't think they're in Cincinnati's class right now. I am with you. That is uh, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. The other matchup in the NFC, uh, I think it's a really good one. Um, so much depends upon the health of Lamar Jackson. Where does he stand? But Jacksonville is one of those teams that's getting hot at the right time. Um, that Peterson and Trevor Lawrence combo seems to work. It's amazing how coaches can coach. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good matchup. Baltimore at Jacksonville. Here's another one of those division winners with mm -hmm. a sub 500 record right now who's going to be able to host a playoff game. I don't like it. I don't think it's right, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. And I'll tell you, I love Doug Peterson as a coach. I always have. Yeah. Uh, I wanted him in New Orleans last year. I, uh, and I made no secret of that. Uh, you know, I think he has a bright future in Jacksonville, as does Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but Baltimore, and it depends on Lamar Jackson. So if <laughs> Lamar Jackson isn't healthy, the Jaguars take this. Uh, you know, if he is in that warm weather in Jacksonville, you have another coach that I love on the sidelines with Super Bowl winning experience in John Harbaugh. Uh, you know, I, I, I think... Uh, uh, I, I think the Ravens would take this one with a healthy Lamar. What team do you think that's on the outside looking in has the best chance of getting into the playoffs? Uh, there, there's a bunch of teams that are uh, in the mix, so to speak. Um, you know, you've got Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay, Carolina, the Saints are still kind of theoretically in it. Green Bay, can they go? I mean, they got to beat Minnesota, um, but they're they're on a roll now. I, I'll tell you what, and you can write this down with my top five, too. If Minnesota beats Green Bay, out of respect, I will put them in my top five. I don't care who I have to remove, but that's a promise to you one week from today. Um, I like Seattle. Uh, yeah, I, I like Seattle's chances to you know, to maybe come through the the mess of a gambit that is the NFC. Uh, yeah, I I hope it's Detroit. I love Dan Campbell. I'd love to see him do well. Uh, but Detroit fell on their face when they had a prime opportunity last week. Uh, and yeah, we just got done talking about the Giants clinging to a berth. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think Seattle has a, a shot to knock them out of that number six or number seven spot. Okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Washington is another tenuous team right now. Uh, yeah, of the teams outside looking in, and we have our eye on the NFC, I think both you and I do. Uh, yeah, I, I like Seattle's chances to emerge from it. Anybody in the uh, in the AFC? Uh, Tennessee's struggling, but they're still still right there. Pittsburgh's even in the mix. I, yeah, and I love Mike Tomlin so much. I, yeah, I would not mind seeing Pittsburgh at all sneak into the playoffs. It'd be a nice little story. Uh, yeah, Mike Vrabel and that Tennessee Titans team. I they they look like a lost team right now. Uh, but every time you count out the Tennessee Titans, they seem to yeah, they, they seem to upset somebody that nobody thinks that they should. Uh, yeah, as far as yeah, Outside looking in teams that I like, I'd I'd have to say the Titans. Uh, you know, and again, the Jaguars are just so young, learning how to win, as we spoke of before. Uh, you know, there's there's only one game that separates Tennessee and Jacksonville right now. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually I'm rooting for Jacksonville, but I still like Tennessee to ultimately take the division. Here's Bob Rose, the Saints News Network story uh, coming out today on a tweet. JJ uh, Watt saying this is going to, after two game, two more games, he's going to wrap it up.
12 seasons, um, three-time defensive player of the year. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, isn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. He is. He is one of the best defensive linemen to ever play the game. Uh, and I don't throw that hyperbole a lot out. Uh, out a lot into uh, on today's players right. uh yeah, but jj watt is one of the best defensive players i have ever seen play uh yeah it, it, it's sad to see him go but i know he's had health problems in recent years right. had that heart issue uh yeah apparently last off season uh yeah so so it's time and i hope he's walking away relatively healthy enough uh yeah to enjoy his family and a long life in his next chapter I'm with you. How uh, quickly you can fall that Super Bowl hangover. Uh, the Rams were officially eliminated after winning the Super Bowl a year ago. They're 5-10. and ten. Man, never saw that coming. No, Never. no, I didn't either. I yeah, I saw some potential struggles. Uh, you know, maybe a drop to nine or ten wins and narrowly missing the playoffs. Uh, but the the bottom falling out the way it has, uh, and they they were almost asking for it. Uh, you know, the, do, doing the old George Allen philosophy and selling away all your draft picks for veteran stars. Uh, you know, eventually those veterans get old. Uh, or you run out of you know, in today's world, you run out of salary cap money to pay for depth. That's been the biggest problem with the L.A. Rams. Uh, you know, they, they have the infrastructure. I don't expect they'll be down for long, yeah. but it'll be interesting if they change their philosophy and stra- roster-building strategy going forward. I do not like what the Saints are about to face on New Year's Eve at all against Philly. I think their elimination comes uh, at some point later on that afternoon. I just don't like that Philly needs a win to secure that playoff bye. Um, I don't like having to go play at Philly. I don't like it at all, at all. No, I don't either. I don't like anything that's going to be happening this week. Uh, and yeah, you, you, we, we, we patted the saints on the back for passing a test of character and resiliency last week. Uh, there's a bigger one facing them this week and it has nothing to do with the weather. You know, Philadelphia is a darn good team. Uh, you know, I just, I see the saints, if they play above their heads, they could make a game of it. But I'm with you, especially if Jalen Hurts plays and he's he's healthy enough to be close to the Jalen Hurts we've seen most of the year. Yeah. The Saints just don't have the horses to keep up with a top-ranked Philly defense and a top-ranked Eagle offense. Uh, I'm hoping for a tight game. I'm hoping for an upset. Uh, but I'm with you. I just I don't see it happening. I think Philly takes this one. Bob Rose, St. Sue's at work. Happy New Year, buddy. Thank you. Happy New Year, my friend. God blessings we'll to you in 2023. Tune in next week to the Jordy Holtberg Show for the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. NBA fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NBA this season. You can get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Everyone can earn a no-sweat bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. You bet on the Pels. If you don't hit, you get your money back in a free bet. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
New customers can sign up with promo code 1037GAME and get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in today to receive this limited-time offer only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only. Max reward limits apply. One free bet issued on the amount of initial losing bet. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dra- sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Special thanks to Ali Cassell, Glenn West, and Bob Rose. Special thanks to James Mesh and to you for listening in and to our partners that make it possible each and every day. Tomorrow, Hump Day with Huguenin. All the bowl games will get his thoughts on those remaining ones. We'll preview LSU versus Arkansas in hoops. So until then, until next time, rather, I'm Jordy Helpberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. We'll see you tomorrow. So long, everybody.